Welcome to this week's Henchman of Comics. I'm Alex Eschback. And I'm here today. Okay. Well, that person that is here will is a mystery man. Who could it be? It could <laughs> it, be Bill Gates. Uh, it could be Elvis Presley. I am the special guest. My name is Matt Golden. Uh, yes, it's our first special guest ever. Yeah. Uh, it's great to be on the podcast, Alex. Uh, Sadly, my co-host could not be here, so yeah. I'd have to bring in a special guest. Thanks for letting me fill in for Matt Golden today. Yeah. Uh, I really appreciate it. How are we just not winning it? Comedy awards left and right. We should be at the top of every award show. So anyway, uh, let's get on this week's show. We are talking about Captain Marvel. Oh, I watched a different movie because I am kind of strapped for cash right now. So I went on to Netflix and I watched uh, Captain Underpants. And let me just say, <laughs> it was great to see one also of my... Also a superhero movie. Yeah, so. it was great to see one of my childhood heroes brought to life Uh one of the greatest comic book heroes of all time, Captain Underpants, really spoke to a wide amount of uh, people that you know don't usually get represented in film, which is people who dress as babies. Yeah, I don't want to say childhood heroes because he's just as important to you in your life now as he was 20 years ago. <laughs> That's true. Probably more so, to be honest. Um, So, I don't know how you felt, but like I was going through a serious Marvel drought. It had been way too long. Since we'd seen a Marvel movie in pictures. The last one being Ant-Man of the Wasp, which came out in July, I want to say. God damn, hasn't really been that long. Yeah. That sounds right, though. Uh, yeah, this is a, a film that has been built up and built up and built up. And to me, I went into it kind of thinking, if this film isn't great, it's going to be a huge disappointment to Marvel fans everywhere. And myself, I had a lot of expectations going into this. Yeah, and I was, I was happy to say that, I mean... At least in my opinion, we'll get to our like more detailed review at the end. But like, I think Marvel did it again. Like, it's another great film that they put out. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Feige proves that his formula just keeps putting out enjoyable films yeah. for everyone. Somehow they can keep making origin stories fresh and original. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Yeah, I think part of it helps that this one open with the title character having a memory lost, opening up on an alien planet as well too, but already having her abilities. So it wasn't like she was a regular person. We're going through this whole stretch about how she became superhero. It was kind of, it was told backwards in a way almost. It really was. Or, and that, it really was simultaneously because she moved forward as. No backwards. It was okay, backwards. Yeah. It's basically memento. <laughs> uh, what do you think of the, we'll start before that even. What did you think of the Stanley tribute at the beginning? Uh, I did not see that coming, and I thought it was heart sweet and touching, and it just made me sad even before the film began. Like, way to tuck up my heartstrings. I'm supposed to. I'm here to escape and for joy. It made me feel really, really good, and there wasn't a cameo that I could remember that I didn't see up there. Um, and they only flashed for uh, a couple seconds. But didn't was, have the Teen Titans Go cameo. Oh, it didn't. You're right yeah. because nobody cares about the Teen uh, Titans Go. Everyone cares. <laughs> it was the number one film of the year last year, I believe. I'm pretty sure it won oh the Emmy, or not the Emmy, the Oscar for Best Picture. Well, that's going to do it for the henchman of comics. Uh, I'm never coming back. Uh, but before you leave, we should keep on talking about uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, basically, we see the opening, real, the real opening sequence, at least the one that's eye-catching, is her training with uh, Jude Law's character, who plays Yon rog uh, I thought the- his name was Jude Law in the film. <laughs> no, sadly not. Uh, uh, it would have been a lot better. No, it's John Rogg. Uh, I think his most popular role is, during, is in the Ultimate Universe. 
Uh, and Jude he, Law's most prominent roles in the yes, Ultimate Universe. Yes, it is. Okay. Oddly enough, his career's taken very weird turns. Uh, <laughs> and he plays a Kree soldier. Uh, the Kree in this film are not blue and green, or really blue skin like they are in the Marvel comics. Uh, they look basically just like you and I, for the most part. There is one uh, blue skin Kree. In There's the film. two. There's two. Okay, yeah, yeah, I forgot. The uh, sniper the, and the beard yeah, guy. The, yeah, the beard guy. Um, whose name I also don't remember either. I think he got uh, a line of dialogue. How can you not remember his name? Um, and uh, but he looks like us, except for he's got like yellow eyes, uh, that are little sparkly little yellow eyes. Uh, but I really enjoyed. I, I thought Jude Law's charisma on screen was really good. I thought the he's got charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. I thought the chemistry between uh. Brie Larson and Jude Law was really strong too for the opening training sequence. I really feel like everybody needs to take uh, a timeout and go rewind like 15, 30 seconds and really appreciate my RuPaul joke that I just made. Uh, so everybody, uh, if you haven't watched RuPaul, go watch all 11 seasons of it and the four all-star seasons. And then you can resume this podcast after you do that. It'll be well worth that joke. Yeah. Uh, it'll be fantastic. also spoilers for Captain Marvel. Ooh, we almost got really far into it. Yeah. Uh, but what do you think of Jude Law's performance? Uh, I think he gave a performance and I enjoyed it. You know, originally, uh, the rumor is they wanted Keanu Reeves for that role. Oh, no. Jude Law was a way better choice. Yeah. And and I love Keanu Reeves. He turned it down because he wanted to do John Wick 3, which is a better choice for him, honestly. Yeah, but I would like sure. to see Keanu in the Marvel Universe or DC Universe at some point in the future. I think he would make mm-hmm. a good... Uh, booster gold. Yeah, he would. Yeah. I oh, that would actually be fantastic. I really hope that they reboot a lot of the characters and do an alternate universe. Um, and have him as Doctor Strange in the future. Uh, he'd be a, he'd be a good Doctor Strange too, an ultimate Doctor Strange, basically. Yeah. Or parallel Doctor Strange too. Doctor Strange is in the universe, and there's Keanu as Doctor Strange, but it's not. It's Keanu Reeves became the, the Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah, uh, and hopefully they do that in Doctor Strange 2, or uh, Bill Tokyo and Drift. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for ruining my joke and talking <laughs> over me. God damn it, you son of a bitch. I can't have any jokes on this show. Uh, that actually ruins all my jokes. Well, all of our jokes do have to be Fast and Furious themed, so <laughs> at least you're uh, on pace. It's the contract I signed uh, for the new Hobbs and whatever movie. Uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, <laughs> How do you know that? I don't know. I haven't seen one of those films either. I didn't see the trailer for the new one. I thought it was interesting. I was like, this is not a good film. If they focus on Idris Elba, who's the villain for the entire minute and a half, first minute and a half of the trailer. <laughs> um, uh, What did you think of the Jude Law heel turn? Well, you're jumping way, way yeah, ahead. Well, we're talking about yeah. Jude Law. I figure let's get him out of the way. Let's get him um, out of the way. I did like the main villains in the film are the scroll, uh, the classic shape shifting Marvel no, space not. aliens. Uh, but the twist comes the fact that they're not actually the villains. It's actually the Kree the entire time hunting down these scrolls who are refugees and have been hunted down without a home world. Yeah. Um, That's all I have to say about that. The, I didn't see it coming and it was a nice twist. I uh, didn't either. And it's so hard to do in an origin story yeah. and not see it coming. And for people familiar with the source material, too, probably didn't see it coming because the scrolls have always been classic Marvel villains as well. What's so. his name? Mendelssohn? Ben Mendelssohn? Ben Mendelssohn. Oh my God. He's That's so Talos. good. Yeah. And he's such a bad guy. Like you're yeah. like, I see this a mile off. He's a bad man. Um, but real quick for jump back, we did get to see some of the Cree homeworld too with Hala as well with them on the train as, uh, Carol Danvers goes to talk to, or at that point, she's known as uh, Vers. Uh, yeah, Vers. Yeah, she goes to talk to the Supreme Intelligence, 
Uh, did you figure out how they had her name done? Did you no, I didn't out? actually. Yeah. I did. I, yeah. I really saw that coming along. Uh, but uh, I'm smarter than you. Yeah, so. I'm just a great A dumb dumb. <laughs> uh, but I got I, a 900 on my SAT, Alex. I'm a genius. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm really impressed. Over 900. Um, <laughs> but when she goes to the Supreme Intelligence, the Supreme Intelligence takes the visage of the person that's very important to you in your life and Verge doesn't remember who it is. Uh, it's someone that's played by Annette Bening. Uh, and I didn't realize how much I enjoyed Annette Bening. I thought she was fantastic in this role, even for the small scenes that she was in. I thought so, too. Um, who would you see if that was you? Oh, <clears throat> uh, great question. I know. Um, I would probably see uh, Chucky from Rugrats. I would definitely, which is weird because he's not even my favorite character in Rugrats. <laughs> Who you look up to the most? Like this guy's got character for days. Who would you see? I would just see a large pizza, <laughs> pepperoni, and pineapple. Yeah, I'm one of those psychos. Oh, and jalapeno. Okay, well, I we just learned something dark and disturbing about Matt. Um, the fact that I like jalapenos. No, the fact that you combine them with pineapples and pepperonis. Oh, it's so good. Oh, that's uh. I'm I'm trying to pardon me. I'm trying to resist throwing up on Mike. So um, Annette Benning. <laughs> um but I just well this disappointed me a little bit. I thought the performance was great and the interpretation was great. But in the comics, the Supreme Intelligence is a giant floating head with tentacles above its head sitting in a vat. Yeah. Uh, so I was kinda hoping it would be that. Uh, <laughs> but I guess Feige chickened out. Yeah, that would have been a it was lot too clear. real. It's too real for audiences. Maybe uh, it didn't fit into the story as well as this. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying to gauge this because at uh, this point, Carol doesn't realize who she's seeing because she has, like yeah, Alex yeah. said, memory loss. And she gets her first mission. Uh, surprise, it's a trap. It's not a real mission. Uh, and long story short. Like like in Star Wars, right? Yes. Long story short, <laughs> she gets hurtled down to Earth in the 1990s. And we know it's the 90s because she crashes into a blockbuster video. Uh, Matt and I's first place of employment. Yeah, which is uh, the only thing we have in common. Uh, not our love for comic books or anything else. Uh, which really surprised me because I didn't realize that they waited 25 years to release this film. It yeah. was something that I didn't know until yeah. that moment. Brie Larson has aged well. She has aged fantastically. And we'll get into the, the title character here in a little bit because there's a lot to talk about with Captain Marvel, I think. Uh, but what do you think of the, the nostalgia kick for the, the blockbuster? I loved it. I mean, like, like I actually it it bothers me that like my kids won't have the chance to like go and walk around a blockbuster like on Friday Saturday night with their film with their friends at Peruzzi Isles and look at all the weird films that they would never rent like otherwise. Check them out. Like, I I mean, I love streaming and what it's brought, but there's just a certain feeling that they won't be able to get. Uh, yeah, that feeling is disappointment when the movie you wanted to watch is sold out on a Friday night. Uh yeah, and then you go and you're, and you're like, "What's this film?" And the next thing you know, you're walking home with sorority boys, and you're having the time of your life. Oh my god, you found a way to put that in. You could have done something cool like Repo Man or nothing, yeah. or nothing Tape cool. Heads, or yeah, yeah. Empire no. Records, yeah, nothing like that. Yeah. Nope. No, nope, sorority yeah. boys, nope. Uh, I'm gonna do no films. Uh, with that, basically, I, I got nothing. Anyways, we're gonna move on from that. Yep. Yeah, sorority boys with nothing. Uh, ding, ding, ding. I think we have reached the longest part of a podcast without Alex mentioning anything ska. Actually, uh, that was my biggest appointment in the film, that we were <laughs> in the 90s and we did not get a single ska song. Now, we did get a song played later 
from a band that was a ska band, but it wasn't a ska song from them. Um, nope, no, it was not. Huh? However, we do see her on a payphone. And in the background, we see posters for uh, Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy, The Infinite Sadness. We see posters for Bush uh, because they just really want to hit the nail on the head. There's no salty about it, but I still enjoyed it. It was fun and cheesy. And we also saw a poster for one of the greatest bands of all time, 311. Now, it was weird that they chose to do that for like in 90s because 311 is still timeless and capturing the hearts and minds of the youth of America today. It'd be like putting a picture of the poster of the Beatles on there. Like, we all know the Beatles are timeless. Jesus fucking Christ. Why am I here? What am I doing? What did I do to deserve this? Like, I must have really, like, like beaten the shit out of some dogs in some past lives to to have to deal with this nonsense. Although, I will say my girlfriend does have a poster of Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness by, Sadness by Smashing Pumpkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was one of the things that made me realize maybe I shouldn't be with this person. <laughs> yeah, because it should have been a 311 poster instead. Uh, but... I told her that I went to see this movie. She does not care about comics at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has no skin in the game for these characters, these actors. Actresses. She hates women. Well, here's the funny part. Uh, she detests Brie Larson. Really? That's a weird person. To- <laughs> a is, is is she part of the alt-right? Is she an incel? Is that why? Oh, my God. I, I wrote a few notes as to why she hates her so much. Is uh, it because she tried out for the United States of Terror and didn't get the part? <laughs> uh, we watched the Oscars, and she thought that she just had an attitude. <laughs> for one. And she thought that she has a bad personality, and uh, she basically was like, she's kind of bitchy and not like in a cool way. I watched Room, and she didn't. Took, she never saved that boy. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah, one The boy had to time. save himself. Spoilers <laughs> for Room. <laughs> Shit, Alex, that movie's only been out for four years. Yeah. You so, gotta wait ten years yeah. before you can say it after the fact. Yeah, that's a that's a weird flex by your girlfriend. But I mean, I can't really think. It's like I hate random people for stupid reasons as well, all the time, constantly. It was the funniest thing in the world because I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, I wouldn't saw wouldn't saw this today. Well, I like it that you made no respect. Like, wait, wait, hold on, I I need to take these down. <laughs> she was uh about to like take a shower, so she like had her towel in her hand and was just angrily telling me all of her thoughts and opinions about Brie Larson. I loved it. I thought maybe she hated people that had names as cheese, but you know, that's the reason I could actually under get behind. I really, she really also hates Camembert Jones. <laughs> I think she, uh, she really needs to just go work on a dairy farm for a while and get that sorted out. Yeah. Well, I'll send her up to Wisconsin and let her know. <laughs> Perfect. What a trip. Um, did you see the Kelly Sue uh, cameo? Yes. I thought that was really cool. Uh, cause her red hair kind of stands out. Uh, Kelly Sue for those of you that don't know, uh, Miss Marvel has been around forever but really didn't get transformed into captain marvel until six seven years ago maybe i want to say in the 2012 uh, i want to say yes yeah. and that was pioneered by kelly sudaconic um, yeah before uh captain marvel was kind of like a tony stark jr uh had an alcoholic storyline uh she lost her powers to rogue as well too which yeah, was powerless for a long wasn't time wasn't super popular in the marvel universe until uh, uh, Kelly Sue came along. Her origin story was, they had, did have a lot of similarities with their origin story and the one that they used in the Ultimate Universe, but still mostly borrowed from uh, Kelly Sue's uh, run on Captain Marvel. Although they did pay homage to her old suit, there's a moment where she's in her spacesuit, which has a Captain Marvel symbol, which is like the Kree Battlestar, uh, and they it can change colors. And so they had color change on there to her classic suit colors as well, back when she was Miss Marvel. And they had colors as well, uh, at least I thought it was colors of DC's Captain Marvel, uh, which will be Shazam as well. Kind of poking fun at that, too. I thought that was really clever. It was. And it was just such a small little moment that I was yeah. like, ah, great. Uh was fantastic about the film, which we haven't talked about yet. We get to see Nick Fury uh, and Phil Coulson. Yeah, um, we haven't talked about the 
two main characters of this film yeah. at all, uh, and, which are Captain Marvel and Nick Fury. And we've seen Marvel use their de-aging technology in a few films now. Those are the first time they use the de-aging technology for a character throughout the entire film. Yeah. Uh, Nick Jackson was... Nick Nick Jackson. Uh, Nick Fury uh, <laughs> was de-aged uh, to how he would look in the 90s. And Coulson was as well. And I thought it looked great as always. So I'm always impressed by it, how they can do that. Yeah, and how it just looks so consistent the yeah. entire film. Yeah, too. it's incredible. Like, it doesn't waver uh, in the slightest. Top notch. Uh, and I like I love Coulson as a character. And I was really happy to see him again. I watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I like having him as a part of the large Marvel Universe. Uh, once again, not just relegated to uh, ABC television. It was really nice uh, because you kind of see why he's such an important figure in S.H.I.E.L.D. too. Yeah, and you got... And there was... Uh, just like seeing him being a rookie in the field too was nice too, uh, without like any of his experience. It kind of almost reminded me like of a seventies cop show where it's like it's like the grizzled vet is like, all right, this guy's okay. Uh, yeah, I would watch that. Like I would watch like an hour movie of just uh, Fury and 90, Coulson. Yeah, Fury and Coulson. I would uh, watch the shit yeah, out of that. I think that'd be fantastic. Uh, just shoot that on the DC streaming service. I would watch the shit out of that for an episode for the podcast and then say I was going to keep watching it and then just not have time. Yeah, we call that the mat in the business. <laughs> That's what we call the yeah. golden. Yeah. Uh, how, have you been enjoying, speaking of, how, have you been enjoying Doom Patrol, by the way? I knew he would yeah. ask at some point. We have talked about other shows that we've been watching and I don't appreciate you trying to bring that up. I've still only watched the <laughs> first one, but yeah. actually tonight I might have a chance. Okay. But I, I'm caught up on Deadly Class, so. Okay, great. Lay off, uh, my, lay off my dick skin. Yeah, bro. Next to the Class is titled Kids of the Black Hole, named after the adolescent song. Uh, when they went to an adolescent show in the concert, so I'm hoping that we actually get to see uh, a pseudo version of the adolescence player that played that song. Anyways, back on track. I hope track. we don't. Um, so uh, let's talk more about uh, Nick Fury and maybe Brie Larson's character, the yeah. title character. What do you yeah. think of their chemistry together? That was fantastic. It was great. Um, they were really quick. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson was a standout in those scenes. Yeah. We, what we didn't really mention is uh, uh, is most of the film is them uh, basically like on like a pseudo, like kind of like a road trip together, a journey together. Like they're both growing because this is Fury's first experience with an alien or otherworldly powers or supernatural bits as well, even though he is an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, and it's about her learning, recovering uh, her life on earth as well too. Uh, so they're both, uh, basically growing. They both have nice character arts throughout the film. What do you think of Brie Larson and Captain Marvel and kind of the way that this whole, whole thing unfolds with her being captured on the ship to her escaping, uh, crash landing. I liked it, especially we'll get to in a bit, but like the very end with her, uh, I liked a lot how they unveiled her full power. Uh, it was but, one of the best parts of the movie, and I didn't yeah. see it coming. I, well, I really loved too. I loved her costume, and when she puts her mask on that she has in the c- comics during Kosu Tonkron, she has the classic uh, mohawk as well too, which I love too. That they kept that in the film. Yeah, you see it several times. Yeah, and it looked great too. I thought. Um, what we haven't talked actually. Let's go to this. Uh no. One of my favorite bits was when they went to the facility because they're trying to uh, find. Uh, Annette Bidding's character and get her ship that she worked on. So they go to a facility, they get locked in a room, Samuel L. Jackson gets some tape, uh, puts on a fingerprint scanner and gets them out of the room. They go to another locked room and he's not sure how to get in and she just blasts it with her fist. And I thought it was that great little bit right there. <laughs> I just do that in the beginning. Uh, she, and she was just like, yeah. I just wanted to see what you would do. Yeah, she, she, she wanted to steal his thunder. Yeah. Uh, uh, now, as far as like the humor element, what do you think and like the writing for Captain Marvel? This herself? one, this one was a lot funnier than I thought it was going to be. Like, it's not Thor Ragnarok. 
Uh, I don't know what, I don't think any Marvel film will be that as far as humor goes. Interesting. I thought it was actually slightly less funny, and I thought the writing for Captain Marvel could have been a little better. I thought Brie Larson did an excellent job with what she had and the moments that she did have, where it's like, there's two things. Like, she's quick and funny, which I thought they could have touched on a little more. And also, like, in moments of, like, battle and shit, she's just kind of a badass, which I thought they could have touched on more. So this I was, thought she could have been more badass and a little funny. We should say this was done by Ryan Fleck and Anna Bolden. And I believe Anna Bolden is the first female director uh, in the MCU. Um, Get it? Anna Bolden. Uh, they're probably best known for Half Nelson, the Ryan Gosling film, super depressing Ryan Gosling film. Isn't that when he's like a teacher or some shit? Yeah. Yeah, uh, great. Don't watch that. And they did Sugar. Uh, I think it's kind of a funny story. And they've done episodes like Billions and The Affair for Hero Times like that as well, too. Uh, so they've been around for a bit, but this was their first like major motion picture. And I thought for their first major studio film, they, they both did a really good job. Yeah, I enjoyed the film quite a bit. Um, and I think this goes to back to Feige's ability to pull out directors who are talented directors who haven't been working for major studios for a long time. Well, either. I think it's just like you've got a fresh vision of something. Let me give this to you. You're not an old vet. You're not going to just try to stick to the formulas and make something that's going to be all right. I'm going to give you a chance to do something great. And that's what this movie was. It was a chance to do something great. Okay. Let's probably... Okay. I'll probably know the answer, but I don't think we really talked about it yet. Who's your favorite character in this film? Um, You might be surprised. Uh, fucking Captain Marvel's my favorite really? character. Really? Yeah. That does surprise me. Yeah. Uh, and I thought Brie was great, and her origin was great, and the way they came about her powers was great. Uh, But I'm going to go ahead and say what I thought you were going to say, because I'll talk about this character now anyway. Uh, but I thought Talos was great. Uh, played by Ben Mendelsohn, uh, who was the main villain turned uh sympathetic character in the film well i love i've ben middleton i think is a fantastic actor he's one of my favorite actors of late he got his breakthrough here in the states on the netflix show bloodlines uh but he was in star wars Rogue one he played the main villain in that uh he kind of broke out here in the animal kingdom movie as well uh but he everything i've seen him in aside from animal kingdom he always has an American accent. So I loved whenever he was Talos. He got to use his natural, real Australian accent. Whenever he impersonated Fury's boss, uh, he just looked like Ben Mills normally does. He put on an American accent. I thought that was a nice, clever touch. It was. And I think he's one of the the better villains. Um, I agree. Uh, that, I've, that I've seen. Uh, as far as acting is concerned, like, I absolutely loved it. He was fantastic in both roles, good and bad. Yeah. And I, I really liked seeing the turn from good to bad. And like, yeah, bad to good. There, there's that stereotype that Marvel films have a villain problem. Uh, well, I don't think uh, Yagrun was the strongest villain. I don't think this film really had a villain problem because the scrolls were uh, imposing and they were villains. Uh, and I thought, I thought that was uh, a great role. And I, I'd like to see more tiles in the future. I don't know if we will. If there's a Captain Marvel two, hopefully we will, or maybe we will get a secret invasion movie. Um, I, f- I heard that people are not expecting a secret invasion film with the scrolls being kind of not terrible people here. Uh, we'll see. I mean, there's good humans and bad humans, so I'm sure there's good scrolls and bad scrolls. Uh, yeah, somebody told me that, and that's kind of what I responded to. Yeah, and secret, or secret invasion, for those that don't know, basically the scrolls have been living on Earth forever, impersonating humans and also heroes as well, too. So Captain America could be a scroll, Tony Stark could be a scroll, and have been for years, and we don't know. Um... Uh, so, what do you think of Goose? Ah, we haven't talked about Goose the Cat yet. This is something that I was definitely curious to get your opinion on as well. Um, I love the bright orange color of the cat. 
I love the relationship with Nick Fury with a cat. They had great chemistry. They had fantastic chemistry. Probably the sexiest pair I've seen yeah. in a long time. Yeah, I ship them. Yeah. <laughs> I stand these queens. Um, boom. Got it again. <laughs> From Since you do Scott references, I'm going to do nothing but RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm pretty sure that was references. a reference to Stannis Baratheon, and that was a Game of Thrones reference. <laughs> um, what do you think of the... so? The whole goose thing is some of the comic relief in this film. Uh, there's one point where they are scanning the life forms and they scan goose, the cat. Yeah. And it's like, you know, threat super le- threat level high. Yeah. Threat level high. And they scan Nick Fury and like threat human level low. or, uh, and Talos, <laughs> nothing. And yeah. Talos being terrified of goose whenever he first sees him as well, too. Uh, I, I thought it was great. Uh, did make me curious though. Like if they, if they were to scan like Tony Stark, would it be like threat level low as well for Tony Stark to see human? Um, but I, uh, and for Goose, I was expecting that because uh, Goose in the comics is named Chewie after Chewbacca, not Goose. But he's a flurkin as well, uh, so I saw that coming. But I still enjoyed it when the tentacles came out. I started eating people or eating Cree. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, I knew. I kind of knew it was coming as well. Uh, I was totally expecting it. I know the history of Goose a little bit, and I was ready for it. So, what do you think of the soundtrack of the film? We talk about music a lot in our shows and movies. Oh my God. Uh, Blast from the past 90s. Um, I saw the song Come As You Are Nirvana coming a long way off. And I was like, they're about to play this fucking track. And sure enough, they did. Yeah. And it's weird too because like Nirvana's a band that I like a lot and appreciate, but I never choose to listen to them. But whenever I, but whenever a Nirvana song comes on, I'm reminded by how freaking great like, like that song is. It, they're great for like the moments that they, that they encapsulate. They really are. Um, the no doubt I'm just a girl. Yeah, which I thought that was a little on the nose, even though I love that song and I love that band and I was happy to hear it. Uh, they could have had much better songs. They could have had Beer by Real Big Fish. They could have had Malt Liquor Tastes Better When You Have Problems by Less Than Jake. Uh, yeah, those songs don't have anything to do with being a woman, though. They could have had Banner Year by Five Iron Frenzy, which is about the murder of the Native American tribe by General Custer uh, in Alex the 1800s. Just talking about terrible songs by terrible bands at this point. So. I will interrupt by saying the I'm just a girl scene, the fight scene, uh, was probably my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, that was I think uh that was a fantastic moment. And I love that fight scene. It was cut really well, it was jam-packed, and there's a lot of twists, and you gotta see how powerful. Uh, we didn't mention that there was an inhibitor chip on Captain Marvel, and when she finally broke free of it, then her full power was unleashed and she basically just destroyed. And I think watching two uh, oh, we didn't even talk about a character that gets introduced late in the film, but Ronan from Guardians of the Galaxy, Ronan the Accuser, uh, who is Kree as well. So I was wondering if we're going to see him. He comes up played again by Lee Pace, who I think Lee Pace is a fantastic actor, uh, but he comes to invade. Go watch the show about Pi. Uh, yes, or watch uh, Halt and Catch Fire, a really underrated show that was on AMC. Uh, he uh, he comes to invade Earth, and he sends all these warheads after it. And then we get to see the full power of Captain Marvel whenever she blasts off and destroys those rockets and absorbs the energy. I thought that was a visually fantastic and really like cathartic moment. It was it was excellent getting to watch Captain Marvel at, at full strength, and you could really see like, holy shit! I can see how this is going to help in in uh, in game. So you said your favorite moment. My favorite moment was actually Stanley's cameo in the film. Oh, yeah, was it really? Yeah, because he's reading the script to Mallrats. It yeah. says Mallrats by Kevin Smith, and he's reciting his opening line to Brody uh, out loud over and over again. I thought that was a, blended perfectly well. 
in the 90s. It kind of dates the film as well, too, because Mars came out in 95, I want to say. Yeah. So this takes place in early 95 or I'm in 94. Uh, so I thought that was nice, too. And that film kind of kicked off, like, the Stanley cameo uh, thing before Marvel Films even came along. Yeah, it um, really did. So that was I nice never touch. thought of it like yeah. that. That's kind of that's kind of brilliant. Now, what did you um what do you think of Kevin Smith's response? Did you see it on Instagram? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, or he Social was Social media. Yeah, I mean Kevin uh famously cries over everything. So the fact that but I'm sure cuz like Kevin's as he said before in the podcast has had offers to do work for Marvel before he turned down. He's just a fan and just wants to be a fan. And even though he's doing the Howard the Duck TV show for Hulu. I'm sure that he loved it. He obviously didn't see it coming. And it's going to be a big moment. Like, I mean, if you've been a fan of something for your entire life and it shaped who you are to have uh, you be noticed on uh, something that you care for deeply uh, has got to be touching in a way. We both listened to the Kevin Smith podcast and I, I'm really excited to hear the, the Captain Marvel one because I'm, I'm really excited to hear him, him talk about that. And, and cause he seemed completely surprised. Like, you know, it was coming out. Yeah, he really seemed nice. genuinely shocked and that's, that's kind of awesome of Marvel to do. And that, that makes me happy on, on a Stanley level. Yeah. And a Kevin Smith level. Yeah. And I think it really makes a huge nod to the fans, too. I'm sure it probably made Stan happy as well, too. Uh, since Kevin was the first one that gave him like his first like real acting role, too. Yeah. Uh, so that, I thought that was really uh nice touch. And that's also the same scene where we saw Kelly Sudeconic as well, too. It is, uh, yeah. And I just like that that fight scene in general. On the, yeah, that was a lot of fun, too, was fighting the grandma. Yep. Yeah. Uh, with Coulson trailing behind. Or not Coulson, Fury trailing behind and fake Coulson trailing with him. Uh so let's go ahead and get to it. What will you rate this film on a scale of one to 10? I would say it's probably an eight. I really enjoyed this film. There's definitely some weak spots to it. And I'm really kind of upset that we didn't talk about Brie Larson more in this film and, and really how wonderful she is. Um, but I think the writing was a little bit weaker than it could have been for, for her dialogue and some of the stuff that she does, but they did a fantastic job, including fury and that partnership between the two of them. It really lended itself to this, origin story and made it feel not like an origin story for just her, but for Nick Fury as well. So it's, it could have been called Captain Marvel and Nick Fury. Like it was, it was really fantastic. And I'm excited that we finally have a female superhero, uh, who has proven to be just absolutely badass because I could not care less about black widow. Uh, I love Gamora and stuff, but like, I'm not excited for the black widow movie and I want Captain Marvel too right now. So, uh, I'm going to let you run out on this question before I rate it. Uh, if you could have any characters, now that we have the lid off from Marvel superhero films, uh, and you could have any character, any female character Marvel Marvel Universe, not just cinematic universe, but the comic universe, get their own solo film next, who would it be? Think about that while I say I rate the film an 8 out of 10 uh, as well. I'm right there with you. Uh, I thought it was great. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot funnier than I thought it was going to be. It had a great soundtrack. I probably wanted even more 90s references. It had... Arguably my favorite Stanley cameo uh, that's been around. And Talos is one of my all-time favorite villains, pseudo-villains in the characters. So, I mean, it was, it was everything I wanted. Uh, and it's one that I'm hoping for a sequel to this film. And I'll say this film made a ton of money. It had the second highest debut for a solo film from all the character, just behind Black Panther. So I'm sure it'll get a sequel. I, I certainly hope so. Um, my Marvel movie, uh, and I thought of it instantly, so... I'm sure you'll come up with something maybe more well thought out, but I absolutely love Ryan Norris, unbeatable squirrel girl. That's a great answer. So yeah. I really want the Milana Vaintrub, uh, squirrel girl movie right fucking now. Uh, I can't wait. I hope it happens. I want it to happen. And I hope that this kind of opens the door for something that's more fun and kitschy. Yeah. Because right now, I, I mean, you got Ant-Man out there and, you have and Thor, maybe we can do Ragnarok, this. Ragnarok, yeah. 
You know, uh, maybe we can make this happen. Uh, bring Taika Waititi on board. And yeah, I think that'd be great. I would lose my mind. Uh, my answer would be, I'd actually, even though we're going to get a Dark Phoenix film, I'd like to see a Phoenix film of Jean Grey. Cause the, I knew you would say something excellent. The, the Marvel Disney deal, Marvel Fox deal is supposed to close this week, supposedly. Is it really? Uh, yeah. So That's we should exciting. hopefully get some news about that uh, coming out in the future. But I'd actually like to see a film of like the Phoenix Force and Jean Grey in outer space dealing with like the Guardians dealing uh, with the Black Order dealing with the Kree and all that as well, because because she's arguably the most powerful force in the Marvel universe and one of, and there's so many forces to need to stop her. So it'd be another film like set like in outer space, expanding that world and blending the X Men universe into the larger Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, I am somebody that absolutely detests uh, fan theories and all that bullshit, but we're on our podcast here, so I can kind of talk and expand a little bit on it. But what do you think? Uh, if you were to guess what the next phase of Marvel films is going to entail or encompass, what do you think is going to happen? I really don't know. Like, there's rumors that there's going to be a All right, Alex film. doesn't know, so uh, we'll skip to me. It wouldn't surprise me if Captain Marvel leads, like, Phase 4 as well. Like, I assume the Avengers will be done after Endgame, and there'll be a new Avengers team. And it wouldn't surprise me if it was led by Captain Marvel or Scarlet Witch or Vision. I don't see as a leader, but I can see him being a part of it. I think we're going to have a new Avengers is what's going to end up happening. And Avengers isn't going to stop with, with in-game. There's going to be new Avengers films. But we're looking probably three, four years away from the next Avengers movie. Uh, but you'll see probably four or five familiar faces in that next movie. You're not going to see a lot. Yeah. I hope we have a, a Fantastic Four movie that's actually fantastic. Maybe we'll get Wolverine in the next Avengers film by that point. Too. Yeah, That'd let's really bring cool. some X-Men into it. That'd be yeah. fantastic. That'd be great. Um, Fuck, make Deadpool in there for a second Psylocke whoever I don't care like make yeah that'd be make a, make an X-Force movie that's what I'd really like to see I'd like to do that as well too and hopefully get some answers uh, on that and one thing we should say is that do you think this is going to be the best Captain Marvel movie of 2019 uh, this is going to be at least in the top three of my Captain Marvel films because we as we're only weeks away from uh, Endgame we're even closer to Shazam, so we're going to get another Captain Marvel film before we get uh, Captain Marvel appearing. So Captain Marvel will be in three films this year. Yeah, that's why I said it is easily going to be in my top three. And interesting fact, uh, Jimon Husu, who is who played one of the oh, three I soldiers. This. I caught this. I totally caught uh, this. He is also in Shazam. As oh, well. really? Yeah. Oh, well, he's also in Guardians yeah, exactly. of the Galaxy. Yeah. And I'm curious if there's a, a connection somehow that... Yeah. He was also in Aquaman, I believe, too. Is he really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, I really am wondering if his character from this film has anything to do with Guardians 1. Uh, yeah, I'm curious if it's the same character as well, too. I- I'm sure there'll be a fan theory out there that will satisfy my curiosity at some point. Uh, I'm sure I won't read it. Uh, <laughs> I do kind of want to look at the IMDb because I didn't look at his character's name, and I kind of am curious if it's the same one. Uh, but I think that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about the DC animated film, Reign of Superman, uh, sequel to Death of Superman. Uh, you can actually find this now on Amazon Prime for free if you're a member. So go ahead and watch it if you want to follow along with us next week. Uh, or don't. Yeah. Uh, but as always, you can email us at henchmanofcomics at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Please like and subscribe and download our podcast. That's what we like the most. Uh, for the Henchman of Comics, I'm Alex Eschbeck. And I'm drinking wine. Hey, Janine, easy.